the audience straight away is those that think that they're good enough, those that think they are righteous, they're self-righteous, they're people that think they've already achieved it. So we know straight from the beginning that they are the people that Jesus is ta- are talking to. They're the people that Jesus is focusing this story at. And that's really helpful to remember as we work through this. For those that uh, know me, um, they'll know that I'm quite a board game nerd. Any board game fans in the house? Anyone who likes playing board games? Few people. Some people not owning up to it, but that's okay. Uh, you know you love them secretly. Um, and I love anything like that, solving puzzles. Um, I love things like escape rooms. Has anyone ever done an escape room? Um, and so when I saw uh, a trailer on BBC for something called The Traitors... I was like, okay, now this looks like it's... Who's seen The Traitors on BBC? We've got a few people. Um, If you're into that sort of thing, I would suggest going and watching it. It's quite interesting. For those that don't know what it is, actually, if you're watching online as well, you might just want to say, yeah, I've seen it, or no, it's not my thing. But for those that um, haven't seen it, it's basically a reality TV game show, which I'm not normally into that much. But this was slightly different because it had a group of strangers all come together and they had to do challenges to win money, basically. That was the aim of the game. But a few of them were the traitors. And they were trying to make it so that the others get voted out, and they end up with having the money just between the two or three of them. But nobody knows, apart from the traitors and Claudia Winkleman, who the traitors are. The others are the faithful, and they are the people that are trying to work out who the traitors are. But all along, they're trying to like, they're they're building friendships, and then they're trying to work out, oh, is this person a traitor? I think this person's a traitor. Everyone's pointing fingers. And then they sit around this round table, which is where the bit they have to vote. And that's when it starts getting very heated. If you find it a little, if you're not a confrontation fan, then that's a bit to fast forward, because actually sometimes it does get a little bit heated. Um, but the, the traitors uh, basically are in it for themselves. They're completely separate from the group, but they're trying to be included. And that is exactly what tax collectors were like in the, in the days when Jesus was telling this story. They worked for the Romans, so they were Jewish, a lot of them, and they were culturally from that background, but they were working for the Romans who were lording it over Israel at this time. These were people that were in charge and actually hated, obviously, a lot of the time by the Jewish people. They also weren't paid. So they had to take the money from the money that they were collecting as taxes. Now, this would have left a lot of room for all sorts of shenanigans. They could have taken as much as they liked because they'd be taking it from the people. As long as the Romans got what they wanted, they didn't care how much the tax collectors took. So not only are they working for uh, the the civilization which is ruling over Israel at the moment, but also they're taking people's money. And if you want to upset people, um, that's a really good place to do it. The, The wallets and purses of the people are a really good place. So when Jesus tells this story... It's such an unusual thing for Jesus to be saying in this situation, the tax collector, those that were outside of the, the respected circles of society, were, was the one that was in the right, was the one that was seen as righteous by God. But the Pharisee, the teachers of law, the people that had worked their way up, that were respected in society, were actually 
not doing the right thing in this situation. And we see, as Jesus tells this story, and as we, we, we now know a lot, quite often we don't see the tax collectors as the baddies in the stories because we, you might have grown up in church, you might have heard of other parables, and actually normally it's the Pharisees that are seen as the people that are doing wrong, the people that are, that are not, not on the right track, not doing the, the right thing. But that's the whole thing about Jesus' talks. They were revolutionary. The parables, the stories that Jesus told were crazy. In that time, they would have been, he would have looked, people would have heard them and thought, this, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This is completely countercultural. This is completely upside down. You're saying that light is dark and dark is light. You're saying, you're saying that good is bad and bad is good. I, I, we don't understand. It just doesn't fit into what we're thinking. Now, you might not relate to either of those two characters. You might not think, uh, um, you might not, but you might be a tax collector, and that's okay. There's no judgment here. Um, you might be, you, you probably don't look at it and think, oh, I'm the Pharisee in this story, because um, that's probably not the first place that we would go. But bear with me, even if you don't think that you're either of those two people, I think there's so much that we can learn from this. Um, I went to the uh, barbers the other day, thanks for noticing, um, and uh, don't go on about it, I know it looks good. Um, and uh, actually Toby said the other day, he said, oh, I knew you were speaking soon because you got your hair cut. So he's completely found me out there. Um, and people are going to be watching out for that one now. But I went to the barbers the other day, and um, I was sitting, I went in, and I've been there quite a lot, so I've sort of got to know them a little bit and sort of say hi. Um, but there's really uh, only three things that are normally any kind of interaction in a barber's. And I love, as an introvert, it's an introvert's dream, because you don't really have to talk to anyone. You can just go, and you can chill, and you don't need to really say anything. And the three things are, um, the first one is, uh, what do you want done? And that's quite an important bit to communicate well in that moment. Otherwise, you can end up looking like this. Um, or, and then the second one, it tends to be, at my barbers anyway, they say day off. It's, I think it's a question, or unless they're telling me that I should be having a day off, I don't know. Maybe they're like really into Sabbath, I don't know, who knows. But they say day off, and then at that point, I can say as much or as little as I want. And the last bit is they tell me how much it costs at the end. So that's really nice for me, because I can just go through and have this experience at the barbers. Um, but this day, they, they suggested something else. They threw something else into the mix. They said, would you like a tea or coffee? I was like, well, I don't know how to deal with this. Well, this isn't a coffee shop. What's going on? Um, and if you know anything about teas and coffees in a bar, if you've had them at hairdressers, you know that they, they come out and they're perfectly nice teas or coffees, but the, the, the short distance between the, the drink going to your mouth, it's got a thousand hairs in there then. And then you're actually drinking and you've got a furball and it's not, it's not very pleasant for anyone. Um, but we're not talking about teas. That would be for the Hebrews series. Um, but, uh, oh, I've done that one once before and I had the same reaction. Thank you. I'm going to keep trying until it gets a laugh. Um, and uh, I was sitting there so and, and something different happened because then somebody else came into the barbers, which is an unusual in itself. But this person sat down and this person um, was... A real, like a lad, basically. Just somebody that came in, he was like, all right, geezers, all right, mate, all right, all right, all right. And he was talking to them. He obviously knew them all really well. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not especially like that. Um, and so I was sitting there, and I just wanted to sit there and get my hair cut. This guy was starting, he started bringing everyone into the conversation. He loved it. He was, wanted to talk to everyone. And he was like, what do you think? What, what football team do you support? As soon as someone says that, I'm like, oh, here we go. Because I, I, don't, I don't know what football team. England? Is that, is that the right one? Um, I don't know. But and so I just start sort of like just panicking. Um, and uh, then, then another guy comes in who this guy who just came in knows and they started chatting and they were talking about all sorts of things that I didn't really know about um, 
And then they mentioned another friend who was in prison, but he was just about, he's got another four or five months. And they're like, oh, I can't believe that he's only got four. It's gone so quickly, hasn't it? And um, I was sitting there, and this, all of this story was like mulling around in my head, because quite often it does when you're getting ready to talk. Um, and I just felt this thing, like, I was like, God, thank you. I'm so grateful I haven't got their life. And then it was like, oh my goodness, I'm a Pharisee. Oh my goodness. Or a Pharisee me, as I like to call it, um, when, it's, when it's applied to myself. But I suddenly realized that it's so subtle how those things... And do you know what? God loves to pile it on, doesn't he? When he sort of like highlights something. Because then those guys started talking about their kids that they've got. And they were talking about how much they love their kids. And that one of them was doing really well in football. And it just completely changed my like, precept of what I thought they were or who they were as people. But in that moment, I realized that it's so subtle. It just sneaks in some of those Pharisees' ideas, some of those Pharisaical um, concepts or ideas that it's so easy to look and judge other people. And I would suggest that they're underground a lot of the time. And you could even say they were Pharisees, which if you don't sort out, they can grow into Pharis weeds or trees. It's up to you. Yes, yeah, so you could go either way on that one. And I think there's two main things that I want to focus on. The first one um, is the seed, which is our view. I've got a few little, yeah, look at that. The view, the view that we have, and they're going to both, both two things begin with V just to help you out. So you can write these down if you want. View is. The, the, the way that we view other people, the way the, what, what we've got our focus on, what, we're, what our attention is on. And um, f- for in this situation, like what's, what's our view when we interact with other people? When we think about this story, what are we focusing on? Um, I've got uh, the picture of like the three guys walking down the street. I saw this a little while back, and it just popped up on it as a picture. And I was like, oh, wow, look at these. What, what's, going, like, what's going on here? You know, and you don't really see any description. You're like, what's going on here? It's just popped up on Instagram or something. And uh, then I saw written underneath that it said it was an optical illusion. I was like, okay, why is it an optical illusion? Because obviously you've got, that, you've got the massive guy there, and then you've got the little guy closer. And then the more I read about it, I realized that actually they're all the same size. And if you don't believe me, you can check it out on YouTube later with a ruler. Um, or if you're at home watching now, you could do that now. But... Um, they're all the same size, but because of the way the direction goes, it actually looks like the guy, obviously, further back is bigger, um, and then the one at the front is smaller. Um, and exactly that, our view is sometimes tricked by what we see, by what we understand, by the surroundings that are going on around it. Um, and for the Pharisees, his focus, his view, was completely off himself. It was completely on the, the tax collector, on the people that were doing wrong. And that Pharisee then grows into the Pharisee weed of comparison. If we're always looking at other people and not focusing on the stuff that's going on in our lives, it leads us to comparison. And comparison can be really, really dangerous. It can control our lives. It can stop us from going the route that God has called us to do. So the Pharisee, his view of other people leads to comparison. The tax collector, his view was completely on himself. 
He couldn't even, it says, he couldn't even look to the heavens. He couldn't even make eye contact with other people because he was in a place where he was just thinking about the wrong that he had done. Whereas the Pharisee was very confident in his self-righteousness, looking out and almost preaching it to people through his, through his prayer. It wasn't a private prayer. Uh, it was very much out there. But the tax collector was completely honest, completely full of humility. And the tax collector, this led him to conviction. So where the Pharisee, his comparison, it led to comparison. Actually, the the self-viewing, the self-looking at himself for the tax collector led him to a place of conviction. And when when we're led to a place of conviction, it doesn't end there. Because as we know from this story, that it was that person, the tax collector, in that place of conviction of, look, I've messed up, I know I've not done right, Um, I know I'm hated, all of those things, it led him to a place where he had to completely trust God. He had to completely trust that it was what God said about him that mattered. So one, the view. And what's your view today? What are you looking at? Do you find yourself viewing uh, situations And uh, looking at other people before you look at some of the stuff that's going on in your life. And that's a real challenge. And I find that really difficult. When I was sitting in the barbers, that's a really really subtle thing and and not something that, but without that being nipped in the bud, without that being sorted at seed level, then that's when the weeds start to grow. So one view. Two, our validation. Where does your validation come from? Where do you find your validation? For the Pharisee, it was completely in what he did. I fast two times a week. I give a tenth of everything that I own away. For the tax collector, he didn't have anything like that. He knew that he had done wrong. And he just brought that. He's like, I haven't got anything. I don't, I'm, I'm not doing any good. I'm just bringing the stuff that I've gone. And again, God justifies him. He sees him as righteous. Where does your validation come from? Where do you look for validation? Some of those things might not be bad in themselves. It might be a partner. It might be friends. It might be achieving something. It might be work. But what happens when you're not validated by that person or that thing or that achievement? What does that look like? Where does that leave us? Um, I found this quote, which was said by St. Josie Maria. um, But don't forget that you are a poor beggar wearing a good suit on loan. I really liked that. But don't forget that you are a poor beggar wearing a good suit on loan. We are all in the same boat. doesn't matter what we do. We're never going to be able to achieve and be good enough to be able to be be anything, basically. It has to be through, because the story doesn't end here, it has to be through God. We're in the same boat. We've been lent I love that on loan as well. It's permanent loan, which is really great for us. 
But it takes us to that whole idea of, in Ephesians, um, Paul talks about this, you're clothed in righteousness. You're clothed in righteousness. Any righteousness that we have is through what Jesus did on the cross. And why is this so important? Because it's not, it's not about who we are. When we can arrive at that fact, it's not about who we are, but it's about who he is. And it's not about what we do, but it's about what Jesus did on the cross. When we can arrive there and start from that place, everything changes. When we can start, what would it look like for you actually in the, in the morning? What would it look like for you to start from a place of validation? Not because of what you've done, not because of what you've achieved, but starting, waking up in the morning, completely loved, completely seen, completely chosen, completely successful. Not because of the things you're going to do that day, but because of what Jesus did. Because when we can start doing that and not spend our whole lives working towards trying to achieve and get some kind of validation, trying to be something that we're not meant to be, Because we will always fall short of that. Whereas if we can start every day, everything we're doing, knowing we are completely loved, completely chosen, completely seen, it will be revolutionary, not just for our lives, but for the people around us too. Because it doesn't end there. It doesn't end, okay, cool, I'm validated, I'm chosen, all of that. Because from that place, we can create things that are amazing. We can change systems. We can bring up families. We can influence society. We can love really, really well. But if all of that is about us trying to achieve something so that we can be better, our energy is in the wrong place. And I just felt like God wanted to remind us this morning that we hold this gift in jars of clay. We hold all of this truth and light and love within us. And it's not by anything we do. Take the pressure off yourself. Come to Jesus. Bring the stuff that's not so great. Bring the stuff that's great as well that he's given you, the skills, your personality, your everything that you are that makes you. Bring it to him and say, God, I give this to you again. Because I want my life not to be a life that is striving for something that I can't achieve. But I want my life to be something that brings you glory and brings me freedom. And the freedom to those around me as well.